Welcome to the Offseason Podcast. My name's Sean, I'm here with my co-hosts, Petty and Dre, and we've created a show that straddles the line between the creative and health and wellness communities to spotlight the similar conversations we saw happening in both circles. It's a platform for storytelling, exploration, and learning for anyone who wants to grow, reflect, and take advantage of the off-season. In today's episode, we talk about escapism. Whether it's physically leaving a place or a mental diversion, each of us has had to learn through our own experiences that there's no distance big enough or distraction strong enough to avoid facing life. The truth is, we bring ourselves with us wherever we go. So taking time to sit in the discomfort is what this conversation is all about. Let's get to work. But anyway, how are you guys feeling today? Me okay, okay, okay. Me, I can start. Uh, I am actually starting to feel more relaxed now, but it's been a, a lot of stuff going on today, so this is nice to I, f- I feel settled after a quick yeah, second. Good, take a couple deep breaths, relax. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we got you. I feel settled. No. Good, good. What about you, Dre? I'm pretty calm. I've been pretty calm like all day today, probably because I didn't really do much of anything. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. Trade you. you can keep your chaos (laughs) what are you sean yeah i feel good i mean i was under the weather earlier this week but i feel good today and been back back into a bit of a routine which is always nice i find when i'm sick or or not feeling my myself my body starts to respond in like these weird ways like you haven't moved a lot you haven't Mm -hmm. like you know you're out of you're out of rhythm Mm -hmm. and uh it's always talking to me in that sense. And so just to be able to yesterday and today kind of start being like, hey, yo, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take care of you. Don't worry. Yeah. It's all good. Um, so that feels good. So, yeah. So What's today. Today's topic. Today's topic. We're going to talk about escapism, which is something that I think all three of us can relate to. Um, I know me just coming back from vacation. um, and having done a lot of work prior to going away, um, it was top of mind to, for me to make sure that going away was for the right reasons. I wasn't trying to run away from anything. I mean, I, th- I think certainly with the pandemic and stuff, there's an element of like, just get me out of here. Mm-hmm. But uh, ever since it was brought to my attention by my therapist that I tend to do these things, I tend to run away from things, um, in a variety of different ways, which I know we'll talk about. Um, it's just something that I think is so interesting because, you know, we've talked about it between the three of us. You see people in, on social media. And this is something that I thought about a lot was like, some people don't post anything. I have one person, uh, in my, in my network who never posts anything. All of a sudden she's on vacation and it's like every day posting. And it's like, why? what's behind that. Mm -hmm. And so this topic is so interesting to me because I think there's so many different angles we can talk about. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know who wants to jump in first, but I thought, you know, I I want to start with what you were just talking about, how, what you notice. And I think it's very related to what you were saying, how you felt. It's like, Oh, it's, you notice it when it's out of the norm. Right. So when you see something like that, it's whatever's normal and that, the escapism piece could be normalized for somebody, but you noticed it because it was out of the norm for that person in, in particular. And it doesn't seem you're like, oh, there's usually what we know. There's usually a cause and effect, right? So there's something that has caused that thing to shift from what normal is, or maybe this is a new normal. It's like there's there's usually a why, 
right? So um, that's something that's it's interesting to to hear that and be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but let's go into escapism. Let's go with the I love the formal definition, as per Oxford languages. <laughs> Shout out Oxford languages. <laughs> uh, Not a sponsor. The tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. So yeah, mm. that one, um, I mean, to me, it's so interesting uh, because the entertainment piece is always something, right? And especially in today's, today's world. But uh, the thing that comes up to me first is always fight or flight. Like look at it in a bit of a sciencey way where it's like, oh, we're meant to respond to stress in either two ways, fight or you leave. And to me, or escape freeze. is or freeze. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I go, you look at that, and I go, those are that's essentially what escapism, where it stems from. It's like a human, like it's a programmed human behavior that when something is like a, I don't even say stress. Something is dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. You have to get, you have to run from it or leave, right? And I go, that's a default. That's one of the default settings. So I think it's very normal for people to run from whatever's they think is whatever's scaring them or whatever's causing them pain. Um, and that's how I look at it. And I'm like, okay, so what is that? And I think it's obviously just a different time in the world, but mm-hmm. yeah, feel free, run. You see something that's going to eat you, like run. Yeah. What's so interesting about that definition is what stood out to me was this like fantasy. Like it felt very like mm. out of this world, like not really attainable to be honest to me. Mm-hmm. But I think what we'll find and what we'll eventually get into is how much of like, normal everyday things are the things that we're trying to escape and like what we're using to pull us away from those everyday things is like another everyday thing a lot of the time like it's when I hear fantasy it sounds just so like I don't know just like it's not it's not here on this earth is kind of how I interpreted it which was kind of odd yeah so it's interesting and like I was saying earlier I think there's so many different angles we can come at this from and I think one of the the kind of primary factors or whatever um kind of approaches i think is this idea of like escapism from a physical place or escapism in your like within our minds Mm -hmm. um Mm, i'm I'm reading this book right now called the organized mind and it basically talks about there's two modes for humans the way our mind functions there's the daydreaming one which Mm -hmm. is where you're creative and this idea of escaping you might be in the same location, but mentally you're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's what happens when you're reading a book and all of a sudden you read a page and you're like, I don't Mm. remember what I just digested, Mm -hmm. what I took in. And then there's the analytical side, which is like that flow side where you just hone in on what you're doing and you're nothing can distract you and your mind's focused on this one single task. Mm -hmm. So the fantasy piece of what you're referring to, to me is that like daydreaming Mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we go there because there's too much on our mind or because we're trying to get away from thinking about something that either causes pain or, you know, makes us relive unpleasant memories or whatever. And so, you know, yes, there's the physically leaving a place, but I also think that that mental piece is something that we probably deal with more so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like that. The kind of compartmentalizing it into like internal and external. Because they are, they're related, but they are, there's two different ways to escape, right? There's a lot of different ways uh, to, to escape, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's funny, you- when you were talking about that, the first thing that came to mind, 
as you started talking about daydreaming um, was, or, and even like reading was for me when I was really young, I would have my nose in a book a lot of the time reading these like you know the harry potters of the world the twilight whatever and i would just be so lost in this other world um because the things around me of course were probably a little bit like chaotic and rocky and so i found it maybe easiest to escape in the context of these stories that were being presented but when i think about myself now like i think even the types of books that i read are so different for one and two, I definitely wouldn't turn to them to like escape because I find a lot of the time those like self-improvement books and stuff like that are equally very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think there is an element, um, regardless of kind of external situation when you're younger, where that fantasy piece is so appealing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's there's a reason why Disney movies are so popular and yeah. Harry Potter became such a phenomenon things like that. But I also think our, our minds are a bit more open Mm -hmm. when we're younger. Mm -hmm. And so we're allowing ourselves to be taken to these places. And, and maybe this, there's not this fallacy that it's not possible to be real. Like Mm -hmm. there, it Mm -hmm. potentially exists these things. So I think that that's an element of it. But I, I think like hearing you say that Dre, that's something you hear constantly about Mm -hmm. people who Mm -hmm. grew up in, in negative spaces. There's tons of movies. One of my favorites is called Pan's Labyrinth. It's a it's mm. a Spanish mm-hmm. film, but it's basically this girl Guillermo who's Del Toro, be- right? Gil- is that I don't Del know Toro? if it's Guillermo, Guillermo? Del Toro. Yeah, it might so. be. I'm not sure. Okay, but sorry. but uh, this girl, she's her mother is impregnated by this like World War II. I'm pretty sure like Nazi commander, mm-hmm. and she's being forced to live with this guy. And part of her way of dealing with this scenario is this like fantasy world she creates where she's got to go on these adventures and like conquer this, this world. And it's such a good movie, but it's, it's the same thing that Dre's talking about. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in, you know, what, you know, probably to that little girl feels like chaos Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to not have to think about it, deal with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, that is just an example of her dealing and coping is probably the right yeah, word. Yeah, that's a good coping with mm-hmm. the stressors or traumas that she has that she can't change, right? Like there's it's really hard to change someone forcing you to live and be there physically and whatever the case is. So to actually live, you need to figure out an outlet. You have to have an outlet somewhere, right? And for her it's fan- like a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I would say probably the same for a lot of us and like Dre's point it's like, "Oh, you're living through this book and story that someone else has created that you can picture yourself in right and i think that's one of the attachments to really good storytelling and really good like just good literature or good movies and whatnot and that's why it's cool it says entertainment because those are the pieces that we connect to and Mm -hmm. they still they resonate with us in whatever reason for whatever reason but that's what keeps us away from what we have in our present world and state and that's what keeps us focused for at least what 90 minutes to couple hours i mean now it's mm-hmm. all mini series so mm-hmm. a couple like binge watching eight hours is nothing now right it's a different yeah. story something that stuck like stuck out to me is that you use the word outlet and i think it's really interesting to look at like what's the difference between a distraction when we talk about escapism and also something that's an outlet because mm-hmm. i think and this is probably a good place for you to kind of come in sean with some of your experiences like you know, some of the things that we do to, let's say, escape or give ourselves an outlet 
in itself can be distracting you or pulling you farther away from what you're actually trying to feel at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it came up in my first session with my current therapists and she was like, what do you do for your mental health? Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? And I started listing things like, oh, I go to the gym or I travel and this and that. And she's like, you know, some of the things you said, like journaling mm-hmm. is a healthy exercise. But she's mm-hmm. like, most of what you said is are their escape tactics. Like you're running mm-hmm. away from the problem. And that's where she said, I've said this before. She's like, your problems come with, go with you wherever you go. If you don't address them, you take them where, where you go. Love that. Um, also, I used that uh, to someone. Someone did you? was talking about travel. <laughs> and I was like, just so you know, your problems come with you. Like you, it's, they come yeah. with you oh, when you travel. Honestly, right? I, yeah. I've it. caught myself saying it to so many people yeah. <laughs> ever since I heard that from her because I'm like, it's so true. Yeah. And so I think about, you know, the first bad breakup I had in my life. First thing I did, I said to my family, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And I went to Thailand. But that did nothing for me. Like, it was a great adventure. It was a cool experience. But, like, it didn't solve any of the the issues that I felt Mm -hmm. inside or what I was dealing with. And I've traditionally done that. Anytime I get, I feel stuck or I feel something it's like, oh, I'll just go away. And then that way I don't have to think about it. Um, and then equally so, I, I go to the gym. If I have a hard day, I go to the gym and deal with it. But, or think I'm dealing with it. But, you know, Dre and I were having this conversation the other day. Like, there's a huge difference between I'm going to the gym and then coming home and then going on with my life as if I dealt with something or going to the gym because I just need to do something to release some energy or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then come home and then write about what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Same scenario. And that's where I think your, your, your question of outlet versus like distraction distraction Mm -hmm. is key because you can do the same thing. Travel is another example. I could Mm -hmm. go away somewhere, but if my intention is to go there and have the best time of my life and come back, I haven't dealt with anything. But if my intention is like my most recent trip where I go and I actually am intentional with my time and my space to sit with things and think about my life. It's a very different, that's Mm -hmm. not distraction. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that comes back to intention of like why you're doing it, right? Like it's, what are you doing it? Is it just a clear, is it to get ridiculous stress and get rid of the symptoms of it? Or are you actually addressing the problem? Because what you're saying about like going to the gym, I actually don't see a problem if you go to the gym and you need to get into like a more level headspace. Yeah. But if you're like exactly what you said, like, okay, cool. That's, I'm good. I'm over it. Are you actually, or is that just you feeling the, like the, how you felt after the gym? Yeah. Right. Versus like you needing that. And like the, the difference is the, I guess the intention of behind what you're going to the gym for, right? Because the other thing I see is potentially being like, oh, I have to deal with whatever. And maybe it is just, maybe it wasn't external. Maybe it's actually internal battle of you need to be in a clear head, a clear head space that you, that thing affected you because you weren't in that right head space, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, cool. Is there anything you have to deal with? And the next steps are kind of like where that journey takes you in a sense. Yeah. Like I think about you know, some people get angry and they punch a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Like what's the difference between punching a hole in the wall and throwing heavy weight around if what follows that is nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly it. What follows, like what follows it? The key is what follows mm-hmm. it, right? And, and so when we think about, you know, escaping things, at least from, you know, the physical piece, 
taking myself to the gym, taking myself to another country, whatever, the, that action itself is fine, but it's the follow-up that afterward that's the most important. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, because even when you think about travel, like so many people, yeah, they're just like, I'm out of here and not looking at work or anything for like a week. It's going to be the best time of my life. They come back, you know, maybe they learned something about themselves. Maybe they didn't because that wasn't their intention. It wasn't what they were seeking. They come back and they're like, all right, got all this new energy and I feel so good and like it's going to last. I'm going to make change in my life. And it lasts like two weeks and then they're back in the same rise because mm-hmm. nothing actually changed mm-hmm. at all. Like you said, all you did was run away to a different country well, and it's still you at the end of the day. I think what's cool about that is that I don't know why this like it just came up with you saying that is what travel does is puts boundaries up like without you needing to do it. Right. Mm. Like, so you travel and people respect that boundary just because, oh, you're traveling. Okay, cool. Like, we won't try to disturb you. Mm-hmm. When I travel, I actually like to spend my time. And if my time knows, like, for me, I hate getting back to all of this chaos. Like, I'd rather deal with little things here and there while I'm away, while I'm on leisure mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And that way, when I come back, it's not this chaotic mess yeah. that I have to deal with. It's like, that's me figuring out what I want. Right. And that to me is a little bit more peaceful. But, it's a boundary that people respect no matter what. I don't know what it is. They just respect that. Right. Well, I think the flip side of that, it's like, yes, people who remain here kind of like uh, accept your, your quote unquote boundary. But I also think like when you go away, part of this like two, two week kind of euphoric feeling when Mm -hmm. you return is that you went away, had zero responsibility, Mm -hmm. had no stress, right? You didn't have to think about anything. And then you come back and all of a sudden it's like everything hits you. Mm -hmm. And so eventually it breaks you down to go back to being exactly how you felt before, but nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. Until you book your next trip and then Mm -hmm. you have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. It's like a ebbs and flows. I look at it as a hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you actually bring up something that I was also thinking about coming into this conversation and it's like, how many of us, maybe it's the three of us, definitely people in my network, mm-hmm. how many people just live for the weekend? Mm. And it's the same, th- it's the same idea. It's like, mm-hmm. here's this like dangling carrot in front of me and I'm going to f- push my way through the Monday to Friday just for that weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you, what are you running from? What are you getting away from? Like you're not, you're just like accepting that these five days are going to repeat over and over again because there's this little reward at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weekend becomes the escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is exactly it. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like that's just a mini, a smaller version of that. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Cause then what ends up happening is you use that as, I don't even want to use outlet. Cause I feel like outlet is sometimes I want to use it in a bit more positive way where it's mm-hmm. a bit healthier. I mean, it can be used just to de-stress or whatever the case is, but they almost need to recover from that, whatever they did on the weekend to then go back to the same life. And it's just continued like a cycle of stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, it's just not a sustainable lifestyle. No, no. At and, all. And you see it, right. You see yeah. people crash and burn from that. And the weekend warrior is a thing for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you are starting to see a lot of people starting to realize like lately that like, why are we just okay with this nine to five, five day a week mm-hmm. work week? Like mm-hmm. we just all of a sudden one day decided that this was it. Like for a lot of us, 
it, we don't want it. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I can speak for the three of us that I know we're all trying to figure out like where does work and life balance kind of fit in? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about it before. It doesn't necessarily exist a work life balance, but if you enjoy what you're doing and you actually look forward to the things that you're doing, yes, it's work, but it's a hell of a lot different than if you're showing up to a job where you're like, I don't give a shit about any of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the pandemic taught us a lot, the more that people were able to work from home, because mm -hmm. I think it gave them control over their lives again, mm -hmm. you know, because exactly. it was like, okay, you could, it's not like somebody was hanging over you to be like, are you doing your work? Or you had people interrupting you coming up to your desk because you're in an office and like things get interrupted. Like you were more or less free to do what you want within the context of like whatever you had to do for work or what meetings you have to be on. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like if you was, you know, left at lunch to go to a yoga class or, you know, you went on a long walk with your dog in the morning, like, nobody's the wiser more or less and so I think like the pandemic as hard as it was in a lot of ways I think also like opened people's worlds mm -hmm. at the same time mm -hmm. well I mean they the companies had no control over what you could do yeah. right there's no physical restrictions there's mm -hmm. nothing it's okay just get your work done <laughs> well, exactly and there's right? so many companies even now that aren't even returning to an office mm -hmm. or they're you know introducing this hybrid model and that's because you know like the world didn't the world didn't fall apart. And I mean that like productivity wasn't like everyone just stopped working. Like mm -hmm. people still worked. I think they just started to position their own schedules in a way that worked best for them, not what the company was telling them exactly. was the best. You're yeah. also seeing companies and even like countries now starting to experiment with four day work weeks as mm -hmm. opposed to five. And I think like, you know, tying this back into what we're talking about here is like people are now realizing that they maybe have a bit more say mm. and they want changes in their lives. And they're also realizing that like escaping, whether it's in my mind or physically, like I don't want that to be what defines me or that yes. dictates everything that I do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, I, I should have more control over this than I do. Yeah. I think this like control piece is like a really big part of it, mm -hmm. you know, because even when you think about, you know, some of the chaotic environments where people are escaping to other places, it's because I feel like they have this loss of control over what is going on or their emotions or whatever. Because when I think about like a, a young kid, let's say like reading a book and you talked about petty, like it being their coping mechanism, it's because nobody has taught them anything else like how to cope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People are saying, you know, oh, they just have their nose in a book or they're just being quiet, doing their mm -hmm. own thing without understanding the implications of what's going on in that person's head. Yeah, what? well, and and as adults, like what like what we're talking about is exactly how mo most of us spend our time on social media. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Like how, I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. Like sometimes I open my phone to do a specific thing and <laughs> out of habit, well, the first thing I do is open Instagram. Well, I'm like, why am I even in here? Yeah. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. for sure. What was I doing again? Oh, yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's crazy. <laughs> but like, it's so programmed into my mind to like mm -hmm. go to this place that at the moment, like, sure, I get a lot out of it, and, mm -hmm. and you know, I've I've uh, created healthy boundaries around it. But like, the fact that my mind mm -hmm. instinctually so default goes yeah. there, yeah, it's default is scary in yeah. a lot of ways. But it's in in its own way, it's like I'm I'm escaping. Yes. where I am right now because maybe mm -hmm. what I'm opening my phone to do is mm -hmm. a boring task and my mind's like no 
Instagram's where it's at. Way more excitement. Well, see, I, I actually want to touch on that in terms of like what has shaped this because even what Dre was saying, what you were saying, how it's like, oh, they're just reading. They're like, there's no, this isn't a book. It's like what's normalized as okay because you can say you're mm-hmm. busy and like, oh, I'm just working on something. If you're always working on something, it's like, you sure? You sure that's okay? Like, is that like it? We kind of, I don't even say idolize it, but we do put that on a pedestal when mm-hmm. someone's always working and constantly yes. doing X, Y, and Z. It's like productivity is the measure of all value. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it though? Like, what are you working? Like, what are we working for? Mm-hmm. Right. And they go, that goes back to, I think, a bit of the control. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, are you working for you or are you working for something else someone wants for profit, we'll say, mm-hmm. for example. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece of what's normalized because it's like, yeah, like, Everyone, I bet no one bats an eyelash when you're like, I'm going to the gym. And until someone realizes it's not the third time today, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. that's an unhealthy relationship if you're trying to cope with something else, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, that's like we use some of these healthy like outlets as escape t- escape methods essentially, right? Like you go to your journaling, your... So there's a place that we are all familiar with. Um, it's a new spot that is very popular, mm-hmm. um, with saunas and cold tubs. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy going there because I get a lot out of it personally, but man, seeing some of the people there and also seeing the way that it's kind of shared across by people, it's like, it feels so much like a lot of people are just showing you that they're there mm-hmm. to be part of a crowd and it just it's it's odd to me like mm-hmm. like why are you there mm-hmm. and it comes back to that intent piece that you're yeah. talking about petty is yeah. what is the why behind all these actions mm-hmm. at the end of the day yeah i don't think a lot i mean i guess what you were saying is the pandemic has kind of made people question that for themselves but mm-hmm. i think it's still very normalized it's like there isn't a why it's like you need yeah. to be there. You got to take a photo of that place or you have to yeah. be seen here. And it's like, think about how many restaurants just get people in the door because they have a, a neon sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. Like all the ones in <laughs> Toronto <laughs> on a particular street. Yeah, <laughs> right? I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, it's fact, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's, yeah. I don't know. It's just funny. It's yeah. I find it funny, right? But yeah, I feel like we're just in a different space with that now, right? It's like yeah. kind of done a bit more of that internal, like what are we escaping from and that work because i think Mm -hmm. that is what start that's how you start and then you slowly shift to your the external piece of like oh because then it is a product of your your, you're a product of your environment right so when you understand what you're trying to do internally then you can slowly see how the external pieces Mm -hmm. either align or don't align yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm curious actually because like obviously for me my my aha moment was with my therapist when she was like nah you you just you run from things. Mm-hmm. So like how, how have you guys kind of either realized when this is happening in your lives and like, what are the types of tactics that you guys use to kind of deal with it or, or address it? Who's going first? <laughs> so you both I look at each go. other. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> it's like a mini conversation. <laughs> with our eyes. Oh yeah. We saw um, it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I throw myself into my work. I'm an mm. absolute. I'm work, sure you're not alone in that one. Workhorse, yeah. workaholic. Yeah, she works really well. She's yeah, great. absolutely. Great workhorse. Yeah, I'm a workhorse, and that gets I get praise for that. Yes. And um, I was having a similar conversation with, with my therapist this week because it's it's not new news to me that I use work as like an you know escapism from other things that I'm feeling, um, but the why piece, the intent, 
I was telling her about an opportunity that has come up that's in um, a notable city in America. And I was like, this is such a big opportunity. And she was just like, why? (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, I was just like, like, like in my head, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Did like, you this place is like, yeah, did I stutter? <laughs> did I stutter? Yeah, <laughs> like, I just had a moment where I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it would be so big to like be the producer on this project, like in this city, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, but like, if you didn't get it and you weren't in that city, does that make you like any less capable as a producer? Mm. And I was like, no. She's like, okay. She's like, so again, why is this great? And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean and it's stuck with me for the past couple of days because it's just like for me there's like a big um performative element and like Mm -hmm. proving yourself piece here Mm -hmm. that is like bigger than this one conversation not you know when these opportunities are dangled in front of you there's like a that default almost like value system within me is like immediately like yes, that's it. That is the opportunity for you. Um, like I don't even need to question it, mm-hmm. but there is starting to be. And of course, through these conversations with my therapist where it's like, why is like, what is getting lit up right now about that opportunity? Because exactly if you were to compare and be like, okay, did, if you went to that city, are you less capable of a producer or, you know, have you worked on a similar scale project before? Yes. Okay. Is this like a new type of project? Not necessarily. Okay. So like, again, at the end of the day, what are you chasing when Mm. these opportunities Mm. get dangled in front of you? And I was just like, I don't even know how to answer you right now. (laughs) Like I was just like stunned. And I still, I have an idea ish, but I think a lot of it is like this, what society feels Mm -hmm. is like good or like makes you yeah validates you in a way or helps get you to the next level whatever that is and sometimes you're like do I even want to get to that level like who's who's propelling that forward and sometimes I don't even know if it is me Mm -hmm. um or maybe it was like an older version of me that's still kind of there because I do feel in a lot of ways my value system's like starting to change a little bit um but she honestly just threw me with those types of questions Mm -hmm. so for me, I'm always, always throwing myself into my work, but now I'm starting to be like, okay, but where do I go when work is so overwhelming? Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting to kind of see the like trickle effect where it's like, okay, I have shitty feelings. I'm going to throw myself into my work. Work is really overwhelming or really stressful. I'm going to throw myself over here. And then you're just bouncing so around. So where are those places? I would say... Good question, Sean. Good question. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't even say like, exercise or anything sometimes it can be like other people like this Mm. need to like want to reach out to somebody or like talk about it or have them talk about themselves anything that like I guess distracts Distracts me (laughs) from what's actually happening um because sometimes it's not even to discuss what I'm feeling sometimes it is depending on the person sometimes it's not like I'm just trying to put all the attention on the other person um or I've even noticed when I feel bored when you feel bored, mm. sometimes it's such an odd emotion to feel that you're just like, I feel like I have to be doing something. Uh, I escape to food. I hear that all the time. Oh, I hear, I'm not a food I hear the boredom all the time. It drives me nuts because yeah. I don't relate to it. But the food is also something I, I yeah. resonate like with. Like if I'm bored, yeah. it's just all of a sudden I'm hungry. Yeah. Just right. Yeah. randomly. Yeah. Right? No, like, but right. that's it. That's a conditioning piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
No, yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like an odd, odd feeling. And that's mm-hmm. where I want to like reach out to somebody or you reach for your phone to go on social media, anything, literally anything, just to be like, I'm doing something at the end of the day. It's, it's actually scary to me, like how if my phone is within an arm's reach, like so I have to physically remove it sometimes just mm-hmm. because it, if it's there, I'm just grabbing yeah. it without even realizing that I'm grabbing it. Why do you think I'm okay with it dying? Because it yeah, can't. Nobody <laughs> can reach you. But it can, right? But yeah. I mean, this we'll talk about this a little bit more later. But yeah, yeah. But yeah it's, it's because it's, you're right. It's a way and there's no, no out input. There's nothing coming in. Yeah. And you're like, sometimes that's what you need. Because mm-hmm. like if you think about it, 20 years ago, you couldn't reach you. It's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to go out. Okay, cool. Have fun. What time are you going to be back? This time. Great. You'll be now back at that it. time. <laughs> if you're back at that time, perfect. You're probably back. No one says anything, right? But now it's like, what are they doing? Okay, are they out? They said they'd only be, did they do this? Yeah. Okay, well, that includes X, Y, and Z. Like, you don't have to spell it out for everybody. Yeah. What I, every can't, m- I can't have micromanagers in my life. Nope. Like, but but that's a thing. You, there's a the ability to do that now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what... Before we even knew this was a like something that was possible, we didn't worry about it. But yeah. now we've created this where it's almost like, oh, they didn't text me, or they didn't do this, or they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I go, like, is that really important? It's like, yeah. no, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's the end goal that we're also looking for within that? Yeah, that stuff stresses me out. It's no, really for does. sure. So, what about you? So, um, I mean, this goes to my, um, what do we call? It? What's your? What was your topic initially? The uh, Avoid, it's my avoidant, um, avoidant attachments, attachment style. style. Yes. Honestly, when yes. we were talking about the book too, I was like, that child is destined for avoidant attachment <laughs> yeah. because all they're doing is distracting themselves in a book. But that's it. It would be yeah. the same. I was a big reader. Um, and then sports were that outlet too. Yeah, sports too. Um, and it's, uh, definitely avoidant in just even socially. Like that's something that I'm like, Oh, I really need to detach myself from everybody. And mm-hmm. if I don't pick up my phone or you don't hear from me, it's usually just, I need my own time and space like it happened to me recently where i just needed to like lock myself in my room and like my roommates didn't know i was home they're like you here i was like yes the whole time but (laughs) like you guys won't even know i'm here because i just really needed to get away from people and i needed that that Mm -hmm. detachment it's a blessing of living on your own i will tell you that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that's a whole different thing but um yeah of attachment and I, i definitely do i find the escapism comes in like it's usually social media or food or like something that I almost pride myself on is like finding new spots or finding something to do. Like that's actually something that I use mm-hmm. sometimes that I find that I'm like, oh, I'm always finding something new and like it can be productive one in one aspect, but it's actually avoidant in other aspects. It's like, oh, that's you're just c- using something that you think is cool to escape from what you want to deal with. Right. The feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm like, because there's always going to be something new to do, right? And it's a never-ending cycle of that. Yeah. Well, so and, and what I'm getting from all these answers and, and from my own experiences is that, like, there's really, we can make anything an escape mm-hmm. tactic, something that distracts us um, we haven't if even we t- choose. Have we, we, we haven't yeah. even touched Netflix, right? You know? <laughs> well, I was just thinking yeah. about that. I was like, it's funny how sometimes... Like I get into really into series when I'm also struggling with something, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, related, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, Um, you know, I've, I've similar, not so much with my like day job, but like when I'm dealing with something emotional, like all of a sudden I'm more inclined to like spend time learning a new um, 
you know, skill or, or, you know, designing something or like putting my emotion into something. Mm -hmm. And it's like the two are clearly related. And sometimes what I will say, and I, I think this is probably a good segue into the next piece is like, sometimes the designing for me is a great way of exploring what I'm feeling. And then like whatever I create being like helping me get to a resolution with what I'm feeling. And so I'm curious, like what are some of the things that you guys do to, stop that escapism or address it or kind of put a halt to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can start cause I know exactly mine is like <laughs> running and movement because mm-hmm. to me, that's like what I found is a very stable, um, structure that's in my life that actually it's like, I call it a keystone habit cause it actually mm-hmm. unlocks everything else. Mm-hmm. When I run, my mind becomes very clear post run, right? So I could be, there could be chaos going on and then post run it's like, okay, why was I stressed out about that? Or even even just from a food, like I default to eating something sugary or something along the lines. I go, actually, once I've run, it's like, let me let me get something to nourish myself. Like my, it's like almost like two personalities and then that personality is a calm, level-headed, yeah, you should be doing this or this or this. It's like, yes, that's what you need to do and it's very organized. So I feel when I become chaotic or things are going on, I can't, I'm overwhelmed. It's like scribbles right and and that is what i do that kind of helps ground me and then from there it helps me stay present to what i need to do and then that's how i actually get stuff done it's like the presence and then like okay cool what do we actually need to tackle how are you feeling are you able to do that it's it's almost like a a really good check-in right Mm -hmm. so and then i even like write about that after and it's very easy or like notes on a while I'm on a run, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, right? And I like look through my notes. I was nice to look through my notes and even my old run journals to be like, this is how you felt post run or pre run. And these are the things that you have. And I go, okay, just looking back at them, I'm like, oh, this is cool to read and see and understand that moment because now you've grown from that, right? So that's interesting. So you're saying like sometimes you'll write down before you go for a run, like this is how I'm currently feeling. And then you come back and you revisit that. Yes. Yes. That's interesting. I think that's a cool tactic. Well, it's just like what your present is. And then when you look back, you're like, who's that guy? Right? Well, like, yeah. I mean, right? it's that what you're feeling in the moment, the mm-hmm. heat of the moment. Exactly. Um, emotion. And that's, that's, what, that's such a, that's such a great, I like that approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it is, it's just like what you, it's like what you need. Right. And you need that. Like I, well, it's it, take the gym example, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could do the same thing. I could write down like, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm going to go throw some weight around and then come back. But as long as I come back and mm-hmm. reflect on that, like mm-hmm. that's probably a really helpful way of going about it. Like, okay, I don't feel that way anymore. Or I understand where this person was coming from now that I've taken some time to cool off. Like mm-hmm. probably that's, I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, Dre? I need to be alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I need a lot of space. I need to be alone mm-hmm. wherever that is. Um, because I find if I'm around people and I'm already feeling overwhelmed and chaotic, they add to it. And so I need to be alone to sit and kind of like you were saying, Mm -hmm. let everything settle um, and write about it. Or sometimes I'll just sit and think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But like writing has definitely been helpful, like journaling and then, um, you know, consistently going to therapy, of course, and like bringing Mm -hmm. it up there and like Mm -hmm. making sure that stuff doesn't get missed. Like I typically have some sort of list or something that I like a running list in my phone that I add to that's intended for therapy where I'm like, I know what I want to talk about this week in therapy because this happened and it made me feel this way and I'm still not over it or I'm still haven't dealt with it Mm -hmm. like I need help working through this and so I think 
like I almost prepare myself in a way to like have these conversations and revisit what I've experienced earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. Just like reflection time, right? That's like you kind of need that. Yeah, because like I'll sit with my own thoughts and I'm like, okay, that's great and everything. And like I get myself back, like I regulate myself, um, but then I'll write it down processing but I'll also just like write down like a literally like a to-do list almost like in my phone where I'm like okay this week going into therapy like these were the five things that I was maybe feeling this week like which one do I feel like I really need to dive into and like explore a lot deeper with somebody Mm -hmm. that can really call me out or ask the questions that I'm not asking myself Mm -hmm. what about you Sean yeah I mean for me it's very much uh journaling um I I read this book called The Artist's Way. Uh, It's basically like a mini course broken into 12 weeks, but it's a book. And the first assignment is like every day you're going to do these morning pages. And essentially it's like you wake up first thing in the morning before you do anything, you just write three pages. doesn't matter what you're writing. You have to write minimum three pages Mm -hmm. and you just get whatever is on your mind out. And so I think that that's really helped me kind of set the tone for the week. Or if I go to bed feeling a particular way, I sleep on what I was feeling and then I get it out on paper. So that's been helpful. But even just like your traditional journaling um, is good. I've gotten into the habit and we did this last weekend with this self-reflection deck from We're Not Really Strangers and just like mm-hmm. asking myself one question a day. Um, mm-hmm. And so that stuff's been really helpful. Um, but I think, you know, more than anything... I've asked a lot of questions of myself when I do certain things. So again, I was Mm -hmm. going away. um, I went away a month ago and I was asking myself leading up to it. Like, why are you going? Like, what is, what is it that's making you want to go? Why are you choosing the destination that you're choosing? Like these types of questions were real for me because there was, there was significance to them. And, at the end of the day, like every decision I made was for a healthy reason mm-hmm. and it reflected in how I spent my time while I was there, but also how I've come back. And like a lot of things, I made a lot of changes in a short period of time just from taking that time. And so I know and believe that my intention for that was, was good. Um, I still have work to do I think with the fitness stuff Mm -hmm. because it's the most accessible Mm. is what I'll say is so I can be upset I can be angry I can be frustrated and I can jump in the elevator go to the second floor and work out Mm -hmm. so um sometimes it's like you know and and I know for me some of this stems from childhood traumas and Mm -hmm. things like that so it's it's a work in progress but I think just being aware now of what I have been doing up to this point, being escape tactics and just being conscious of it moving forward, I think is the the key for me. Yeah. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like the first step, right? It's the awareness Mm -hmm. piece because then you can't change it if you're not aware that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're like, okay, I'm noticing this. Yeah. But even like, I, I can't remember what even was going on in my life, but I just remember Dre messaged me out of the blue and she's like, just promise me next time you're feeling X, don't go to the gym. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was like, I can't like I, but yeah. I still think about that. Like that was her just being like, think about it yeah. as yeah. a friend, like just think yeah. about it. 
Yeah. And it might have actually been out of a conversation we had here mm-hmm. and she remembered it and just randomly texted me. Yeah. This one day. I just yeah. felt like I need she I think the message literally was I just need to tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I welcome I did. it. I think because we were talking about I don't remember actually fully, mm-hmm. but um that I like to sit by myself mm-hmm. and just like in silence. Like I love it. And you were saying that you don't like the silence and you're like, I can't just like sit with myself. And I'm like, but that's where you can hear yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I'll just Mm -hmm. go to the gym. And I'm like, well, maybe those moments where you get the urge to go to the gym is the exact moment where you need to not go to the gym and you need to sit with whatever uncomfy feeling you're feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. I get it. Which is so interesting. That's so, because... Yeah, you, that is like you're still running from something, right? Like I say, mm-hmm. I hear that same thing, but it, I use just running because a lot of runners are that. Yes. You just go for a run, and they, in the same interchangeable way that you go to the gym. It's like, what are you running for? Like, what what are you running from? Mm-hmm. Right, and it's such a common thing, and that's a very common personality trait of like runners. You know, wake up early, they're type A. It's like this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, everything needs to be all the minute details. It's like it's a great time at times, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like. Just let it, let it be, be present, like let mm-hmm. that happen. And then you'll hear yourself like process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, that's the stuff, right. That you're like, okay, that's what's important. You need to hear you and then understand what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think overall, like what we're saying is that almost every escapism tactic could also be an outlet. Mm-hmm like using outlet in a positive way. But I think everything is in moderation. Mm. Something that's on moderation, um, intent, and also like how are you closing the loop at the end of the day? Like Mm -hmm. I think that like coming back piece that you were talking about after like pre and post running Mm -hmm. or pre and post the gym or pre and post therapy session, whatever it is, like I think this like idea of like having to close the loop at the end of the day will help people try and like question what they're doing whether mm-hmm. or not it's out of their best interest or not it's great you say that it's funny is what first comes to mind when you say that in moderation i think of like drinking or smoking or, yeah. or that because i feel like people were surprised that at some point i'm like oh you smoke or you do mushrooms it's like yes but i have very specific parameters when i do any of that stuff and it's like right. if i smoke it's actually usually because i want to listen to music like there's a very there's an intention behind it. It's not to like, what I notice is a lot of people use it to numb yes. what they're feeling and like cope. I go, yeah, that's not ever the way I want to intend it because when I, if I ever do that, I become reliant on it as a crutch, mm-hmm. right? So if I ever feel pain, I'm going to use that as my escape, mm-hmm. right? We're live from a crime scene, by the way. It's all legal. It's legal. Yeah. All right. um, but, but that's one of the things that, um, I look at and I go parameter wise because what you hear is when people have like a bad experience, it's because they're not in the right headspace to do something like that. Even mm-hmm. drink, right? It's like whatever you do, it just magnifies the headspace you're, you're in. Feeling. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I'll never, I always want that to be positive. So I will always do it when I'm in that headspace to just make sure that it's supporting my life in the way that I want it to, because it is a tool and it's like, cool to listen to music. Like it amplifies the experience. Right. And you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I hear something different this time, but it's never more than that. Yeah. You you bring up something that's been very top of mind for me for the past week. And it's this idea of setting boundaries around the things that we are 
whatever it is, doing, using, etc. Um, and I went out last week and I didn't like the way that I went out. And I, I realized like, I have to have a drink in my hand if I'm out. And like, I don't like that. It's not that I got wasted or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just realized that like my instinct was to like, oh, it's done. I need another one. I can't. Mm-hmm. But where's that stemming from? That's ang- anxiety within myself and the, the, the situation. Following day, I go to my family's house for Easter. And my dad, every time he knows I'm coming home, he gets like peanut M&Ms, <laughs> like a huge jar. <laughs> and it was the first time I was around like extended family a lot of them for like maybe the second time in like five, six years, like is like drama. Right. And I, all I did was just eat these M&Ms. <laughs> I, I went through the whole jar and I'm not talking like a baby jar. I pictured your so parents I, I, bringing a Costco bag. I called bag. my parents on the Monday. I'm like, I need you guys to do me a favor. I need you guys to not get candy for me when I'm coming home. Like I know that they do it because that I'm you because like they know I'm coming home yeah. and they know that I enjoy it. But I'm like, I'm like I'm using that as an outlet of dealing with the anxiety of being around these people. I'm doing it at the club. I'm getting more more drinks because I'm dealing with the anxiety of being. And so these boundaries are really important because I even look at those situations like the peanut M and M's for me were escaping the situation that I was in, that Mm -hmm. was my comfort. Mm -hmm. So as we talk about food, Mm -hmm. that was my comfort in the club, not really being good at like interacting with people, like Mm -hmm. in the social setting that I don't know, having that drink in my hand makes me feel comfortable all of a sudden. And so those two scenarios, two days back to back, like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, Whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those boundaries, like, as you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, this this is very, very real for me. What's funny, because I'm the same, actually, when it comes to being out. I always have a drink in my hand as well, but it's because of the setting, right? It's what's normalized. It's like when you stand out without having a drink in your hand. It's true. The first, it becomes, thing, first question you get, ask, yeah, it's like, oh, your drink? here's your drink. What's going on, right? And and that's like, I, I think the same way. I was like, I don't want people asking me that always because it's just kind of annoying. So the way I deal with it is just, have a drink in my hand but a lot of the times it's water with a mm-hmm. lime mm-hmm. and then no one ever asks a question it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah this is not a drink but no one questions it right and it's like oh that's normal in this setting right and i was like yeah that's really what people do it's like oh you eating is normal in a family setting right you don't mm-hmm. actually you're not standing out in a sense it's like you're just doing something that would look like when you see a picture you're like oh everything looks fine everyone's doing their thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and and like that's part of even if it's normal doesn't mean it's necessarily right yeah right and that's the hard part is like finding that environment that it is like okay cool like you know yeah. do whatever you want over there like we don't care and it's that's not the case all the time i think having those two things two experiences back to back was that moment for me where like i've i've never thought that i have an addictive personality but i think my anxiety brings out these addictive kind of actions mm-hmm. and and so like it was a blessing in some sense because I had them so close to each other. And I was like, there's something going on here that I need to really think about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy to think about that. Those, those boundaries are so important. Mm-hmm. That's Everything why, in moderation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that, no, that, that's kind of how we got here. But, but that, yeah, that's why I love like when they are 
put on you, like they're conditionally, conditionally put on you without anything else, right? It's like, oh, if you say you're drinking water, it's like because you're, you're driving. Everyone's like, okay, cool, right? It's like, yeah. yeah, don't have a drink. Great, don't have a drink. And it's there's certain things that make it okay. It's like, oh, you're traveling. Cool. We won't ever bother you for work. It's like, okay, well, why don't we just normalize you not bothering me, even if I'm not traveling? <laughs> well, right? I mean, we, we haven't even touched <laughs> yeah. on it, but like yeah. alcohol is a huge escape tactic for some people, right? Like it might not be necessarily for us. Like I, I, I don't drink very often, mm-hmm. but uh, some people like I know quite a few people that mm-hmm. like they have to have a beer when they get home from mm-hmm. work or they have to have that glass of wine and mm-hmm. like because it takes the edge off. But it's like. Edge off of what? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's yeah. it. But that's why I like. I know I used it. Like it's different if past. it's like you know. For example, I drink quite a few cups of coffee a day, but it's not because I'm like I need the caffeine. I genuinely like the taste of coffee, so that the first cup is a regular coffee, and then the next ones that follow are all decaf. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to moderate that, mm-hmm. but I'm drinking it for the taste, not the. Of course, the same thing with the alcohol. If you come home and you're like, oh, I just enjoy my glass of wine with my meal if i'm having steak or whatever or white wine if i'm having fish it's like cool do your thing classy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i get that and i think again it goes back to what's but normalized to take the edge off is yeah what's what's normalized in society is like that's mm-hmm. all okay right and mm-hmm. like that's why it's like even weeds in that category now where it's like oh cannabis is okay now Whereas like it wasn't before and it's like nothing's really changed. It's By the, the way, like this is a little off topic, but like I was thinking about this the other day. How wild is it that like the, that thing was demonized forever and literally nothing has changed since it became legal other than there are literally weed shops on every corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like nothing, it impacted society in zero ways. Mm-hmm. Other than the weed shops. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, I made some people rich, yeah. but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, of course. But that's just another, again, I mean, it's a deeper product of what's normal in society. But it's like, yeah, they make money off of vices and ways to make people escape, right? If you really think about it, the society, like what makes a lot of money in our society is Are all escape vices. things. Yeah. Thing, uh, things that we choose to use to escape because of the way, like what's normal way to live your life, mm-hmm. right? So like the normal way to live your life is like the American dream. It's like, okay, cool. But that's not really like normal like that's that doesn't no, that's like that's the outlier one percent the point zero one percent who yeah. lives that right because if we actually look at the way wealth is distributed and like look into that it's like it's actually generational right mm-hmm. there's a lot of that but the people who actually are the outliers are not normal no and they do outlier things so what about the rest of us who mm-hmm. aren't that right well we have to deal with everything else and the repercussions of the actual system so if we can't beat the system, what do we do? We find our outlets to, we can actually live within this system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why those are the things that are normalized and they're like normal tactics that you would use to like ease the pain or soothe everything. Right. And it's like, actually like, yeah, watching a Disney movie, it's very, mm-hmm. it's great. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's hard because it is, there's, there's beautiful things to enjoy. But then when you look at it from that same thing, it's like, if it has, it's not in moderation, right. Yeah. Binge watch eat excessively drink all of that is just the same Mm -hmm. things from what we're like what we're talking about right and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah what are we actually running from and i think that's the tough question Mm -hmm. what are we running from and how do we how do we think that's actually going to benefit us Mm -hmm. we're running away from it it's funny i was watching 
Don't laugh. Emily in Paris, like on Netflix. <laughs> but I know you guys really laugh. But please, because they were talking about, and I don't actually know if this is true. Oh, I don't yeah, is watch, that why like, you were watching it? Because they were talking <laughs> no, about this? No, like, production. <laughs> guys. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who works on Emily in Paris, like, you know? They have jobs. They got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the, to the French were talking about, and I don't know if this is true. This is what I was going to say, because I don't watch, like, a bunch of, like, French films. But how... Um, the American ending is always like they work it out, they get back together, the hero wins, all these things. And the comment was in the context of the movie where um, the American was like, well, isn't that why you go to the movies is to like escape life. And Mm -hmm. the French man was like, that's so unrealistic. He's like, because you can never escape life. So I will say Mm -hmm. that I have been of the opinion for several years that foreign films are way better than Mm -hmm. Hollywood films. Always. For a couple reasons. That being one of them is that they're real. They're not always happy. Mm. They're sometimes really fucking sad. They're too heavy. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh damn. They tell really great stories and don't rely heavily on production. Like, let's be honest. Do we need to have a Fast and Furious number 10? (laughs) No, we don't. It's literally explosions and and like insane things that don't even make sense. (laughs) Right? But takes you to a place where maybe this is possible well it's not no but, you know but that's <laughs> but, why but, but that's obviously people are buying into it in some sense like they're still making the movies they're still making money mm-hmm. but yeah with foreign films i've always felt like they're my favorite some of my favorite favorite films are either spanish or french films mm-hmm. that are real mm-hmm. well even uh, like moonlight like that's such a yeah. iconic film and I had a discussion with a friend of mine about that. And he's like, he hated it. But it's like, it's because you want plot. Because what we've always learned in movies is like plot. There has to be well, like, you're right, the resolution and conflict yeah. and everything. And I go, no, no, this is someone's life. Like yeah. that is a moment of their life. And, and that's, that's what is real. And it's like, how can you not appreciate that? That's yeah. the beauty you of it. You touched on it. Mm-hmm. It's the resolution piece. Because yeah. one, one of the... Fr- things that was hard for me to get adjusted to when I started watching foreign films was sometimes they just end and you're like, what? Exactly. (laughs) You're like, what? Where's the rest of it? Mm -hmm. But that's like you said, Mm -hmm. it's a moment. It's a part of a story. And the intention is that you get to create the, the, you know, the the ending and kind of hypothesize, Mm -hmm. hypothesize or theorize where it goes after that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it take you take it with you beyond just the screening of the film, mm-hmm. just like you do when you travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One more time for everyone. What's that saying, Sean? Yeah. You take yourself with you wherever you go, right? Even when you travel, right? Even when you Even travel, when you, travel. Yeah. You, like you don't you don't leave yourself behind when you leave. No. Um, well, that was a good discussion. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the off-season. Until next time, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to continue the conversation with us on Instagram at offseason.to. Talk soon.